Welcome to The Hidden World of Women, a podcast brought to you by Women's Health and Wellbeing Services. My name is Emma and I'll be your host for today's episode. Today I'm joined by an absolutely amazing and inspiring woman. And I'm not just saying that because she is my mum. She's giving me a very funny look right now. Um, today I'm joined by Catherine. Catherine is, she's just such a beautiful teacher and she focuses on seeing all the children that are in her class and making them feel safe and making them feel as though they belong. She focuses on trying to create a really great relationship with the kids that are in her room and trying to make sure that everyone has the opportunity to be empowered and inspired and and really want to be able to get the most out of their own education. That hasn't always been the case. So um, Catherine actually trained to be at a teach uh, trained to be a teacher and qualified later in life. Um, she went back to school at the age and finished at the age of forty, starting a whole new career. When a lot of women are starting to think that actually, oh, well, this is my career. I'm stuck in this for the rest of my life. Catherine didn't do that. She instead went, well, this isn't what I want to be doing. I've got something else that I want to go and I've still got a lot of years before I retire, so I'm going to give it a shot. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. So thank you very much for joining me. You're most welcome. (laughs) Fantastic. So as I said, you did actually go back to school when you were... um, you were what, 35 when you went back to uni? So it's not exactly, yeah. it's no. not exactly later in life, is it? No. <laughs> it felt like it at the time, but, um, but now 35, seems, 36 seems really quite young. And it wasn't really, it wasn't going back to uni. I'd never been to uni in my life. Mm. So it was a completely different thing. That's something I'd never done before and never thought about doing. No, and I, I think that was something that I was going to bring up as well. So you left school at, was it 15? 15, yes. So you mm. left school at 15 and... Career wasn't necessarily something that you chose. No, my mom told me what I was going to do, hmm. and I did did what I was told. Yeah, that's exactly how I was <laughs> raised as well. You told me exactly what to do, and I did it. That's right, isn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not quite <laughs> similar, I'm sure. Mm. Um, so you went to work in an office. That's right. Yes, I did. And did you enjoy it? I loved it. Mm. I had a ball, and I went off to college mm-hmm. and uh, shorthand and typing, something that nobody knows about anymore now. Um, but yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed it and had a ball. Mm. And yet then what happened after that? All right, well, after that, um, I changed, changed jobs and then hated where I was. I got married and then I had my children mm-hmm. and I, so I stayed at home and then we emigrated. We came across to Australia. So you stayed at home, but you didn't stay at home. So you, mm, you worked the whole time that you had children. I worked part-time. I worked around my husband's um, hours. Yeah. So I went in when people couldn't and filled in and um, in a wa- large warehouse. Mm. And I worked on the the tills at the end. Mm. So, yeah, I did anything that would bring a little bit of money into the house because we were one wage down, having two wages down to one and then having two more miles to support. Mm. Mm. Um, so, yeah, you went off, you and, um, yeah, you and Dad obviously worked different shifts and... Similar to my husband and I joked for quite some time that the secret to a good marriage is you can't fight if you don't see each other. That's perfect. Exactly right. Um, Tag teaming parenting that one comes in and one goes out and that's it. You can't fight that way. Uh, Sadly, I joked about that and now my husband works from home and he's never out from under (laughs) my feet. (laughs) Um, So then I guess as my brother and I, we started school, 
then you started helping out in the schools. That, yes, that's right. I mean, we'd, we'd only just come over to Australia, so I knew no one. Mm. We, so we had no, no group of friends to, to fall back on. My husband's family were here, but they weren't in the same area as us. Uh, this is not what we're talking about today, but what was that like coming over to... So you'd never left, you'd never left England before? I'd gone... Going to uh, Jersey doesn't count. No, no that's <laughs> true. I had it, and, and when I moved house, I moved a um, 10-minute walk away from where I was born. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, you were born at number 23, you moved up the street to number 32. That's right. And then when you got married, you moved to a 10-minute walk away. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And then, so from that, you'd never left the country, you'd never, um, well, you'd never been more than 10 minutes from where, the place you were born, mm. and then you moved to the other side of the world. No. Sight uh, unseen. Sight unseen, never been here. Uh, it was just something that that your that your dad wanted to do. Mm. He'd travelled all his life with with his his father being in the RAF police, and he'd moved around. He'd had nineteen houses by the time he was nineteen. Yeah. So he'd always moved, and he wanted to go. So I said, I would come and try it for two years, mm. and it was like a holiday. And I treated it like a holiday for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> How was it though, I suppose when you go on holiday you don't take your friends with you, but how long, How was it going to a place where the culture's really different, The obviously the weather is really different, the housing is, that even that's quite different. Very different. The schooling system is mm. totally different as well. We speak the same language but sometimes I do wonder. Um, and then with no social supports and having to leave your family. I, I suppose I was very lucky, I mean, my family was my children and my husband, mm. and um, I come from a large family. Leaving my father was the hardest bit to do, um, but no, as I said, it was it's, it was like a holiday, and that's how I kept kept looking at it. And I knew that I had that backup. If it didn't suit me, we could go home. Mm. I never ever wanted to go home. Yeah, ever. So this is home. It's funny, isn't it, that this is this is home, and then when we do go back to the UK, you think, yeah, this isn't home. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. Mm. Don't want to be there. Yeah. No, no that's it. It's lovely yeah. for a holiday. Yep. But, yeah, it's probably time to go back home again. <laughs> yeah. um, so then you went and, yeah, obviously we, you were, didn't have that social support. My brother and I were at school, and so you started to... I guess participated with our schooling. Yeah, I volunteered at the school and I loved it. I, I would go into different classrooms, not just yours, mm. um, but other kids, other teachers and help out. And then they offered me a position as an EA mm -hmm. and they wanted me to train as an EA. So I went off to uni uh, one, one weekend a month mm -hmm. and, and studied for my EA course. Yeah. Mm. So... You had two quite young children when you did that, and you so you'd finished school at fifteen. To be fair, from everything I've heard, you didn't go much when you were fifteen, anyway. No, so <laughs> I, did, I really didn't like school. It interfered with my social life. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. So you'd, it had been a while since you'd been to school. Mm -hmm. It had been a while since you'd been to school consistently <laughs> and done the work that you were supposed to go, you weren't supposed to do, and then all of a sudden you were thrown into the deep end of. Oh, right, so now I'm going to uni. Mm. What was that like? It, it was quite frightening the first few weeks. Mm. It really was. But it was a chance to meet new people. Yeah. And, um, yeah, just have a look at how different people lived mm. and make friends. Mm -hmm. So that's how I looked at it. 
as for the work, it was it was challenging because I hadn't done anything like that, as you say, for a long time. Mm. But once I got into the routine of it, it became fun and enjoyable. Yeah. How did you... So, so you, at the time, you had two quite young children um, because this was when you first went back to study. Yeah. So you got two quite young children and then, yeah, so dad was working shifts at the time. You were still working. Did you have any strategies to be able to help you to to be able to juggle all of that? No. You so did. No, what did I have? That was a strategy. <laughs> I didn't. I just jumped in. Oh, yeah. It. Look, you did just jump in. But I do yeah. remember that, you know, on those weekends, it would be, well, Adam cooked on Saturday, I cooked oh, on right. Sunday. You know, those yes, kinds so, of things so, to so be so able to. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And also when I was studying, we would do our studying together. Mm-hmm. So that that was um, a big strategy for me. So that we'd sit around the table. You would do your homework and I would do my homework. Mm-hmm. And then uh, your dad, if he was at home, he would cook the teas at night. If he wasn't, then we'd get tea together. And yes, that part of you learning to grow was that you had to learn to cook as well. Yeah. So, yeah, you did. Everyone chipped in. Yeah. So then you, I think that was an 18-month course. but it yeah. was So it was one weekend a month for 18 months. Yeah. And there was, you know, work and things that you had to, projects that you had to do mm-hmm. in between. Yeah. And then you were, at the time it was called a teacher's assistant, but it's an EA mm-hmm. now. So you were an EA for a while. Mm-hmm. What made you think that actually you'd been doing EA and now you wanted to go on and become a teacher? Do you really want a truthful answer I'm to not that? sure, but I can always go back and edit it because I think I know what you're going to say. <laughs> Look, I loved it. I loved being part of the school and watching the kids learn and just helping them. Yeah. I got such great joy from that. But I always thought my spelling would let me down mm. because as a shorthand typist, which I'd done before, I lost all my spelling because you do everything phonetically. So I thought that would, how could I teach kids spelling when my spelling wasn't so crash hot? And I went into a classroom <laughs> where the he- headmaster spelled dolphin with an F. Oh. And that was it. <laughs> so that was it. I thought, well, if he's got to headmaster and he still spells dolphin with an F, I'm off. Oh, that's okay. That's not what I thought you were going to say. <laughs> an okay story to share (laughs) yeah so and that that's the thing isn't it we kind of have this idea that people who are in careers that we aspire to well they're actually they're perfect or you know whereas if I measure myself against them I'm not going to measure up well yeah definitely and and I think I wonder whether or not because because you hadn't gone on beyond 15 at school whether or not that was more of more of an issue for you uh, as a 15-year-old, there were there wasn't a lot of options. Mm. So university was an unknown thing. That re- really was for the elite of the elite. Yeah. And I wasn't there, well, as you said. You, you never went often. to school, so you so, wouldn't know. <laughs> no. I still passed all my exams. <laughs> but, <laughs> that was no. more luck than anything else, wasn't it? <laughs> no, it wasn't. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, so there wasn't that. And my parents wanted me to do, to have a better job than they had. Yeah. And so mom thought that an office was the best place to be. Mm-hmm. So that's where I had to go. Yeah. So there was no aspi- aspiring to anything. Mm. This is where you went. Your mom told you what you did and you did it. Mm-hmm. That's it really. Yeah. So <clears throat> then when it came to the idea of going to uni, what, did, what were your like, main concerns around that? 
was I smart enough? Mm. Would I be able to cope with the workload? Yeah. Are they going to laugh at me? Because I haven't written a, a paper or anything for a university ever. Yeah. So what, what language are they going to use? Am I going mm. to understand it? Am I just going to look a fool? Now, I'm just going to share a story that is really... <laughs> she's shaking her head because she knows what short story I'm going to share. So mum actually studied externally. You know, part of that means that you don't get to participate at the time. It wasn't set up for online the way that it is now. So when you studied externally, same when I did my master's externally, you just read the books, you read the journal articles, you read, you know, whatever they was in the literature for that week, you read it, participated on the online forums, that kind of thing, but you didn't actually get to hear the lectures. So prior to one of the exams, mum had gone into uni to sit the exam for the first time and was speaking to some internal students who were all talking about this um, this particular particular author or particular peasant, you know, theorist type thing, Piaget. And um, <laughs> so then she's starting to panic because they're all talking about Piaget and she has no idea who on earth Piaget is at all, like never even heard of him. And then one of the students points to the name and she's like, oh, Pia Git. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so that, but that kind of thing that, yeah. you know, you do make those things of yeah. not, but when, so when that happened, you didn't die. No, no, I just laughed. Yeah. I thought it was hysterical. Yeah. Because how I many got years later, I still think panic. it's hysterical. <laughs> Every time I see Piaget, I think, ah, oh, Pia Git. <laughs> Um, but I think we do have this idea around, oh, what's it going to be like and what mm. are people going to think of me? And now when I, I'm doing some workshops at the moment and there's some more mature people than I am age-wise um, sitting at the front of the – it's always they always sit at the front. And this woman's hand is always in the air. I think I'm going to sit on it in a minute. Like <laughs> you, you need to sit on your hand and I need to sew your lips shut. Like stop talking. So – Often I think when you're a younger student and you see older students coming in, you think, oh, God. Because the more mature students, they're much more invested in it mm. and they're more excited and they've done the reading and the younger students have been in the tab. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that definitely wasn't me. I was the one that would sit at the back yeah. and keep quiet because yeah. I was afraid that if I said anything, they would laugh at me. Yeah. You know, after all, Piaget and Piaget are far... <laughs> far far away from each other yeah and that was yeah that was it yeah um, and any other fears around so how did you go the idea around you wouldn't be able to cope with the workload I, I still don't know how I did go with the workload in some ways mm -hmm. but but yes I I did a three-year course in four years mm -hmm. so for I leveled it for myself yeah um, but even that is still really quick when you were honest. working and raising two yeah. children and so you finished your uni you finished your uni course at the same time that I finished my year 12 mm -hmm. it's also the same time that my brother left school but that's probably definitely a story for definitely. another day yeah. <laughs> yeah. so you were having not only going through that for yourself but through all of my high school years and all of my final exams yeah just because yeah. it's not stressful enough doing your own uni mm. and it's not stressful enough parenting someone going through their year 12 exams. You mm. did that at the same time yeah. with a husband that was a shift worker. Yeah. And uh, there, was a, there was one time I've been going and three and a half years mm. 
And I don't know what happened, but one time we sat around the table and I said, that's it, I'm not doing it, I'm not going back anymore. I can't do this, it's too much. Yeah. And I took two weeks off and I had both you, your dad and your brother saying, you have to go back, you've come this far, yeah. you can't stop. And you were right. Mm. But I did hit the wall there and that was it. I'd had enough, I couldn't do it anymore. Yeah. But I was wrong, I yeah, could do it. You could, that's it, Yeah, definitely. Um, w going back to before you started, you had it had been a while since you'd been to school and you didn't have the, you know, you hadn't done ATAR and things like that. And if you had done ATAR, it would have been out of date anyway. Yeah. So you had to sit the stat test. Yes. What was that like going into that? I could have gone to courses to practice. Mm. I couldn't be bothered. <laughs> so I decided, you know what, in for a penny, in for a pound. And I just sat there and just wrote. So... It, it wasn't once you, I got going in the t in the actual exams. It wasn't so bad, I think, because I didn't believe that I would pass. Yeah. So it was just let me see what I do, and I can go and do these courses after. Mm. Um, but I did pass. Mm. So I was wrong. <laughs> yeah, you were. <laughs> uh, what made you actually decide to, that you could do it? <laughs> I suppose it was with the final exam. <laughs> <laughs> but even now, I still sometimes think, you know, somebody's going to come and say to me, what the heck are you doing? Yeah. You know, don't truly believe that I, I can do this. Yeah. <laughs> and oh, you are just such an amazing teacher, honestly. Like, it's just, it just makes me, with, I just think you just, <laughs> so great with the kids and every child who comes into your classroom is so incredibly like and I'm not just saying that because I'm your daughter but they're so incredibly lucky to have you as a teacher because you care and as a parent I don't care what my kids learn in the school all I want is for somebody to actually care and you not only teach them but you genuinely care about the children that are in your classroom and yet despite that you still have that imposter syndrome mm. you still have that thing of I'm wondering when someone's actually going to find out that I'm just winging it about something <laughs> and not actually sure what, how I ended up here or why I ended up here. Don't really know what I'm doing, but it's okay because no one's discovered me yet. Yep, that's it. That's definitely mm -hmm. it. So, I mean, that's some, some lovely words that you say. And I, I do really care about the kids. You do. I do. It, and you like children. I love them. And yeah. I love what I do. Yeah. I get a great buzz from going to school. I mean, there are times work. where you struggle with your alphabet and you forget S <laughs> when you're singing the <laughs> alphabet song with the kids. My kids, not the school at, kids. At the end of the day, that's it. Everything's gone. Yeah. I put my heart and soul into it, but at the end of the day, I can't add two and two together. Yeah. Seriously, can't add some days. Yeah. At the mm. start of the day, you can generally add two and two, but... <laughs> Just. Yeah, that's it. That's the reason you're teaching primary kids. That's right, yes. No, I'm teasing you. Um. So... What if you had so if you were talking to somebody else who was you know they'd left they'd been out of school for however long they've been in whatever career that they've been doing or not having a career whether they've had children or they've you know they don't count themselves as having a career whether they do if you had somebody who said I'd, I'd really like to become a teacher or I'd really like to go and study this but I'm too old now mm. I could never do that what would you say to them rubbish <laughs> basically 
go and do it. Have yeah. a go. What's the worst thing that can happen? Yeah. All right. You decide you don't like it. Do something else. Mm. I still don't think that this will be my last career change. Mm. Um, if it ever gets to the stage where I'm not enjoying it, I'm coming home at night, angry, frustrated, and all that, I still think I will change my career. Yeah. So it's it's no longer... It used to be that once you had one career, you stayed there for life. Yeah. It's not that anymore. You don't have to. Mm. If you don't like it, change it. I did. Yeah. So and that there's that thing that, you know, I remember saying to my husband uh, when he was probably about 35, something like, he said something like, I don't know, wanna, I don't know what I want to do when I grow up. And I said to him, honey, I think you're doing it. <laughs> <laughs> but now I think, oh, actually, that's not how it is. Like, no. I don't know what I want to be when I grow up. And no. I've been doing this for however long. But just because I'm doing this doesn't mean that this is where I'm stuck for however long after this. No. It's that idea of, you know, talking to someone and them saying, oh, yeah, but I'm 45 now. If I start studying now, I'd be 50 before I finished. We're going to be 50 anyway. You want to be 50 with a degree or you want to be 50 without a degree? <laughs> there was a, a lady there when I went and she was 65 mm. and she'd just started to study. Oh, wow. Yeah. And she was having a ball. Yeah. So, and she intended to go out and teach. Mm. So, yeah, no age is no barrier. Mm. Age is one of the least barriers that you can have, to yeah. be quite honest. What about I can't do this because I've got young kids? Hmm. No. You can do anything that you want to do when you put your mind to it. You have to want to do it. Mm. So I wasn't sure whether I did want to do this or not in take on such a big workload. But I've never regretted it. Mm. So and I would have regretted not having a go. Yeah. And you only get one go at this life. Go well, on that's it. it. There's a chance yeah. that there is reincarnation, but it's not a risk I'm prepared to take. Mm, so no. I'm going to live as though there's only one that's go it. at it. Yeah. 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 Enjoy it. And I, I think as well, when people say, oh, well, I've got children, it's too hard for me to go and study. There's so many options now to be able to do things online. So yeah. It's not external anymore. Now we do things online. But also you don't have to study full time. So you did yours at a 75% caseload. That's right, yeah. But you don't even have to do that. So yes, if you're doing one unit a semester, you know, it's going to take you a long time to yeah. do your first year. But by the time your kids are out of nappies or by the time your kids are starting full-time school, you've finished your first year. Do you want to be one year ahead? or? That, yeah. And it might, take you, it might take you eight years to do your first year of uni if you do one unit per semester. But you're still eight units down, aren't you? Yeah, you certainly are. And yeah, that, that's it. Choose a workload that suits you. Mm. And if you choose it low, you can always add on the next time. Yeah. Don't try to do the whole lot mm. at once because you'll burn out. There is the magic you know. thing that if you drop out before the cutoff date, then you, there's no academic penalty and it doesn't cost you any money. <laughs> so yeah. it's always good to know when that is as yeah. well. There, there is. Um, so do you think that you would, so if you were, oh, you probably just actually answered this, but if you were to go through it again, would you do it again? Yes, mm -hmm. definitely. I still might. I still might do something else. Oh God. So, yeah. <laughs> and it will be easier. I'm not sure if we can do it again. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it will be easier this time because I won't have you two sitting around the table kicking each other. Yeah. <laughs> 
be yeah. pens. Yeah, look, yeah. we um we had an interesting way of showing affection towards <laughs> each other. And also, if you do it again, well then, yeah, you don't have two kids. You've, you're only working and so you've got less, less burden there, I guess. Yeah. So what other thoughts do you have about returning to or starting university as a mature age student? What were the other struggles? The other struggles? Mine all centred around those those papers, being able to understand them, mm. being able to try not to write in university lingo that I really didn't understand. Yeah, jargonese. Yes. Mm. But I thought that's what I had to do. Mm. And once I stopped that, yeah, I became more comfortable. It was learning how to how to be a scholar. Mm. And that's it. You don't. So I always think. Um, I remember sitting in a first year psych unit or something. I remember the lecturer saying something like, "Please don't use jargonese." And jargonese is when you know why use three little words when eight big words will will do. Yeah. Yeah. You don't no. use the three little words yeah. <laughs> because you don't try and be something that you're not. If you are the kind of person that can use the eight big words and knows what they're talking about, but when you're trying to just jam all of these big words in there it doesn't make any sense <laughs> no no it certainly doesn't i think that's what my first uh, essay was like my first assignment yeah. was full of all these words with ism on the end yeah I stuck ism on everything um and it didn't work but i was i was lucky that i had a tutor yeah so i took advantage of all those things that were available then so yeah. I, you have a, as an external stu- student you got a, a tutor and I used to send my assignments in early mm-hmm. and say, can you please tell me that I'm on the right track? Because I often, and still do, go off on tangents. Yeah, look, there's yeah. a chance that sometimes you read a question or yeah. read part of a question, think you know what the rest of it's going to be, yeah. and then answer something totally different. Yeah, yeah that's me, to a T. Mm. And she was very good that she would help me. So she would aim me back in the right direction. And she didn't mind if I sent it in again. Yeah. So that... By the time it came round to the actual assignment going in, I actually knew what I was talking about. (laughs) (laughs) And I felt better. But it did take, yeah, you have to have that sort of, you have to have that support Mm. and find where it is. Yeah, definitely. And that's, I think that's something that I've never been good at. I've never been good at asking people for help at all. So I just, I just really struggle with it because I think I don't want to impose. Mm. But actually... I think seeing you do that, and I know that you, well, um, you know, you still occasionally see some of those lecturers when students are coming out to your classroom and that kind of thing. Um, but they they want to help. They want you to pass. Mm. And so the supports are there for a reason. Yeah, why wouldn't you make, make the most of them? That's it, yeah. And that was my only interaction I had. Mm. I didn't have the other students to bounce ideas off yeah. and listen to them and think, oh, no, I've got that wrong. Yeah. So, yeah. So if you were to do it again, would you be go and do it internally? If it was an option, because, you know, with the whole thing with uni at the moment. I think I would like to go internally, mm. yes. To just for a different experience. Yeah. And to see what, what, what that would be like. I wouldn't mind doing it online again. Mm. Um but yeah, definitely internal. Mm. Yeah, and see see what life's like 
spilling those, it in, in the tap. Rows. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that you missed out doing it, like missed out on the experience because you weren't able to go in there, you weren't able to make those connections and have the social support as well? Yes, mm. I do actually. Um, because when it came to graduate, uh, graduating, I wouldn't go. Yeah. Because I didn't know anyone. Yeah. And so you knew us, we would have gone and cheered you on. I know you would, but you won't go up and you're standing in line. I would have loved to have done it, but because I knew no one there, mm. I didn't do it. Yeah. That's a, that is a regret. I really do wish I'd done that, especially yeah. after seeing, taking you and watching you go through mm. it. And thinking, ah, oh, I missed that. Yeah. But. Oh, well, you have to do it again. So you get to go on standing your cap and gown. Do it again. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Any other regrets, do you think? Not really. I, I've been very fortunate in that everything that I've done has been at the right time for me. Mm. So if I'd have gone to uni earlier, mm. <laughs> I look around at the women that I work with and the men that I work with. And some of them have never left school. Yeah. And so I think they don't have the same life experiences that I have. Mm. And I think that's been a great help to me. Yeah. So going earlier, no. Um, I don't think I've got any other regrets, to be quite honest. No. Mm-hmm. No. And that, that, so that's probably something that's worth chatting about as well. So with going when you were a mature age student, it did mean that you did come out with a whole heap of life experience. It also meant that by the time you were teaching in a classroom, you didn't have small children at home. So, Mm. you know, you didn't have to choose, do I give all of my energy and compassion to the children at school or the children at home? Mm. So because we were kind of... Yeah, blown the nest. Yeah, or close to. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely like that. You do see people at work that have got young children and they're tired because the kids have been up all night Mm. and they've got this that and the other they don't want to go to school the next day just all kids are the same yeah whether they're in your class or whether they're your kids mm. and they're torn yeah what do they do do they stay home with their child do they go to work mm. yeah uh. and i often think that when you've got re as so as a parent with children who are going to school now there are times when you're dropping your children off to school and and you see the young teachers and I know I'm going to sound old now but you see the young teachers and they just don't have compassion for the small kids and you're like oh you're seven now you're a big girl you should be able to do this no they're seven they're a small child like somebody needs to be holding them and supporting them Mm. don't don't make them grow up before they need to Mm. and I wonder because you did have children that you know while we were we'd left high school we're still relatively young as well yeah that you still, and then I had children relatively young. <laughs> so you got to see children as children rather than just small adults. And this idea that, oh, well, once you're in year one, you should be completely self-reliant. Mm. And I think having grandchildren also helped me to look at things differently because I had big expectations for, for you two. Mm-hmm. I still have big expectations for my grandchildren, mm-hmm. but I have that empathy for them because I've seen you go through it and I know what's coming up for them. Yeah. So therefore, I can. I also know what's coming up for the children in my classroom, mm. and what challenges they face. Yeah. And they need help. Yeah. They need someone to help them and to listen. Mm. So I had. Th- I did have that empathy. I do have that. I hope I still have that empathy. Um, but being an older, p- a mature person, when you come out, also people don't look at you and think 
She don't know what she's talking about. Yeah. Even though thing, she's been doing this since the year dark. Yeah. She knows what she's on about. And that was the other thing I was going to say. So even though you're a first year grad, when you're looking at a first year grad who's 40 compared to a first year grad who's 22, <laughs> then I imagine you get treated a little bit differently. A lot differently. Hmm. People just look at me and think she's done it since... Yeah, Ever. she's been doing this since she yeah. was 19, so yeah. we're all good That's here. Right. Yeah. And they're wrong. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Have you have you had any issues where um, – did you ever have any issues where you did experience any of those things that you were worried about around people judging you because you were the older person that was there? or you know, So you didn't necessarily go into campus during the semester, but you did go and do summer schools and yeah. things like that. So mm. there were times where you were – visibly an older student mm. did you ever have any experiences where people so what so we just talked about the positives of going out as a first year grad when you're 40 compared to when you're yeah. 22 yeah. did you ever experience it where people did judge you because you were older no no I was, I was very fortunate the people that I met at summer school were delightful mm. some of them were your age mm. you know and I was able to relate to them yeah and they were able to relate to me I don't know whether they saw me as Mom, I hope not. <laughs> so <laughs> I'd have been mortified. Or just Catherine. Yeah. That's what I wanted. Mm. So, and they were the ones that came up to me when I went in for my studies with the Piaget. Yeah. And they said, oh, look, we had a, a course on this and this is what they were going to be looking at here. And they went through all of the points with me. They yeah. sat down. And that's when I found out that Piaget was Piaget. <laughs> um, so I must have gotten well with them. Yeah. So, but I never had anybody look down at me mm. and when we did assignments together I would say to them look I'm really nervous about this everybody's go, nervous about group assignments if I go wrong just tell me yeah so but yeah and they're all no just lovely mm. did you so group assignments are a bit of a <laughs> like nobody likes group assignments because trying to get a group to work together is mm. like trying to shove mud up pill yeah like it's it's awful did you ever experience it where because you were the older person, it fell to you to be like the person that organised it or the person that would pick up the slack because... <laughs> no. no. <laughs> Remember, I'm the quiet one at the back that keeps her mouth shut so that she doesn't get noticed. <laughs> That's me. Yeah. <laughs> so no, never. Awesome. So anything else that you sort of think that you had concerns about that actually turned out to not be at all justified in reality? Yeah. Most well, of the concerns, really. The, you were was smart a enough. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> yeah. It. yeah, I I did it. I managed. It. I have no idea how. Mm. I seriously do not know how I got there, um, and I enjoyed it. Yeah, and that's whether I got the job at the end of it or not. I enjoyed what I did. Yeah. This is four years of my life. Yeah. So if you don't enjoy it, that's it. Do something else. Do something else. Yeah. And so that's probably something to think about as well. That. You know, I know when I was going at when I was going to school, from your very first year in high school, the teachers are telling you you need to know now what I suppose this is kind of it comes down to where this where today's topic came from. So yeah, this idea that your first year in high school and actually I'm seeing it with some kids who are in year six finishing up primary school, you need to know what you're gonna do with the rest of your life because you need to be making decisions when you're going into year seven around what subjects you're choosing for year seven so that you can be making sure that you're in the right streams for year 12 to get into the right unit. Because if you don't get do well on your ATAR, that's it, your life is over. Mm. So, you know, I certainly heard that when I was going to school, which was really easy for me to go, 
no, it's not. <laughs> My mum's about to turn 40 and she's just finishing uni. If she can do it, then I don't really need to, you know, like there's other avenues to yeah. get into university. And, but how are we this many years later? And as my daughter was heading through and finishing year 10, still hearing those exact same words, you need to be focused now because if you don't do well in your ATAR for year 11 and 12, that's it. Mm. Your, you know, your career is decided when you're 13 years old. Mm. What? Yeah, it's rubbish. Mm. Absolute rubbish. There are so many different ways. And university is not the be all and end all for everybody. Yeah. And that was kind of where I was coming yeah. to, to say that, you know, you said that this is four years of your life. If you don't enjoy it, do something else. Mm. So that's it. University isn't for everyone, but career change can be. Oh, yeah. It, like, you could change careers without going to university. Yeah. And you can work your way up yeah. the ladder if, if that's what you want to do. Mm -hmm. But so there's two different things there, I guess. One is that university isn't the be all and end all at all so there are so many different jobs and so for people who might be listening who are thinking oh well I'd really like to do that but I could never go to uni well there's actually nothing to stop you you could just give it a crack mm. and who knows you might be able to do it but also there might be jobs that you don't need to go to uni for and for our kids and even for ourselves in five years time there might be jobs that are available in five years time that we haven't even thought of that's it that's it the world's changing so much and so yeah. quickly yeah yeah computers and internets and everything yeah. well even the fact that we're sat here recording this podcast yes this wasn't something that you did you know 20 years ago i went to have done it last week yeah well, that's <laughs> true <laughs> about 20 years ago <laughs> i was a bit desperate thanks mum. <laughs> so lots of different options so for people who are thinking about changing careers i guess it's you're not just limited by university courses that are on offer no definitely not there's a lot out there it's the hard bit is knowing where to look. That's it, because you don't know what you don't know. No. no. Mm. So, that so there's different different pathways for different things as well, and I guess I'm hoping that people here. So, if you're looking for ways to change your career, then there's options. But also, if you're parenting someone who's 12 and being told the choices that you make in in maths now are going to decide whether you're a successful person or not. Not even going to go into the whole thing of your career makes you a successful mm. person or not. But, you know, at 12, you need to be deciding what maths you're doing because that's going to impact what uni you can do in the whole rest of your life. I want people to be able to hear for their kids that actually this isn't the be all and end all either. No. You know, doing ATAR to get into uni, there's more, there are lots of other options. Yeah, so many options. Mm. But even choosing the right course for you at uni, I do remember you. <laughs> as you re left school and we went on a holiday, going up the plane steps and saying, I've decided I'm doing this at university and I don't want to do it anymore. Yeah, yeah, I did do that. Yeah, you did. <laughs> so when we came back off holiday, after you got the, posi the place in uni and everything, we sat at the university ground with the book and went from A to Z. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's exactly how I chose my career. <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah, and, and again, I wonder if that's because even though, even though I saw you modelling that you don't have to go, like you don't have to choose when you're 12, 13, mm. 15, 17 what you want to do, there was still this expectation that you leave school and you go to uni. Mm. So, you know, I had spent two years focusing on that, you know, I really wanted to be a microbiologist. 
kind of done work experience and all of that and then sat all of, so all of my all of my um, studies were in science and maths to try so I could get in there and you know sat my final exams and got a decent mark got accepted but yeah as you said as we were you know I don't think we had to step up the steps we were, were. <laughs> <laughs> we were walking along the gangplank whatever it is um did say yeah I've changed my mind yeah. you did manage to not hit me so <laughs> Look, the look of daggers shooting yeah. from you did make me think you did want to strangle me. We've just been through all that, and no. yeah, yeah, and it's fine. Yeah, that's didn't it. Didn't hurt you in the slightest bit. Nope. No. Did my how many years of psych course and haven't used it once? No. Hmm. Yeah, I'm not sure I'm the best. I'm not sure I'm the best advocate for that, am I? Um, what about some of the? So going back to some of the things at uni. Um, and I'm just thinking about when we, you know, there were times with high stress around exams and um, assignments being due, things like that. Did you have any kind of tips or tricks to help people deal with the anxiety around that um, and how you can get through that with some sanity intact? With some sanity intact. Well, ideally with some, but if not, <laughs> then just getting through it. Uh, I because we did it together mm. and, and stood it, when I saw that you were very stressed, you used to go for a walk. Mm. <laughs> we bought a 30 cent <laughs> ice cream cone from McDonald's, yeah. sat on the wall and walked back again. Yeah. And I think the <laughs> exercise may have been negated by the ice cream. <laughs> but it was out of getting out of the house, getting away from mm. it and just talking about different things. Yeah. Nothing to do with uni at yeah. all. So as for the exam stress don't know how you can get rid of that i i did learn to allot my time mm. and once i got that right so if you're writing an essay i would work out how much time i got how much time i needed to spend on each part of each yeah. essay and watch the clock for it yeah so and that's something i could teach my kids in my class even mm. now at year two yeah we're still looking at that mm. so that that stress goes yeah oh that's what i found that worked for me yeah different so, strategies yeah yeah, definitely. And how do you – so you've been a teacher for a, a little while now. How do you enjoy actually being a teacher? I have fun <laughs> every single day. Mm. I play. Yeah, We cook, we bake, mm. we measure. We, uh, you know, cooking's a marvellous thing, I think. You know, it's science, it's maths, it's language. Mm. If I'm not having fun, how can I expect the children to have fun? Yeah. Because if you're bored – you don't give off that energy, that vibe. Yeah. That this is fun. Yeah. And I think I'd like to think that I instill in my kids the joy of maths mm. because maths is my favourite. So at the end of the day, <laughs> well, I can't add two or two together. <laughs> <laughs> the children all in, all enjoy it because a lot of it is play based. Yeah. I get paid to play. Yeah. Um, so I think I kind of do something similar here. I've been with the organisation for, you know, for a long time now. But I find that if I get bored, then the whole team here feels that. So similar to a classroom, I think you've got to find ways to be able to keep that excitement level up. And part of that is making sure that you are doing a job that you love. Mm. So as something else for people who are possibly thinking about changing careers it's not just your life that you're actually impacting. So if you're doing something that you hate, what's, what does that do when you, like for the people you work with, but more importantly for your family? Yeah. 
it must be that must be terrible I must mm. admit so that yeah change being a teacher I can change years and if I change years I have to change everything yeah I can't use the same thing year in year out mm. I don't ever want to do that yeah and I need that change yeah um and in a lot of jobs you don't get that you do the same thing day in day out for 40 50 years Mm. So. And that's happening less and less, though. Yes, yeah. but I, I look back at my brothers and yeah. my sisters, and and that was their choice, and that's what they did. And you're right, yeah. your brothers and sisters. So your brother, brothers and sister, most definitely stayed in that pattern. Yes, you, and you were the first person from your family to go to uni, and you were the first person to to kind of step away from that thing that the job that you have when you're 15 is the yeah. job that you have when you retire. Yeah. 50, and even that later. safe safe place of being home and close to mum and dad. Yeah. You know? Yeah. My brother moved 40, w- 40 minutes away. And that was <laughs> a long way. <laughs> it was. Yeah. Used to, used to go for the day mm. <laughs> for a 40 minute drive. But yeah. I mean, I have a brother that's an architect. Mm. Um, another one that deals in metals. Yeah. So they're very, very clever fellas. Yeah. But they've never been to university. Mm. So, and that's, this is all they've ever done. Yeah. Yeah. So if you, if somebody was, you know, is listening to this and they are, you know, they're hating their job and they think that they've got a passion and they'd really, you know, they'd like to give it a go, but actually it all feels a little bit scary and it all feels a little bit hard. What would you say to them? It is scary. Mm. It is. It's hard. It's different. Mm. So it's scary and hard in a good way. Because of the sense of, I suppose, fulfillment that you get from from doing something that that's different. I like to do things that are different. Yeah. I must admit, but yeah, mm, I don't know how to finish that off now. I've lost my train of thought there. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's just it is scary. It's, it's hard. I'd still wouldn't change any of it. Yeah, I'd still go and do it. Mm. So, uh, yeah, I think it's around trying to look at going. Okay, well. What makes it scary and what makes it hard? And what's the worst thing that can happen? Yeah, definitely. At the end of the day, that's always been my thing. What happens? All right. Yeah. So I don't I don't pass. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> one of my favorite things with the kids in my classroom, uh, we, we, we have a test. So you have to have tests, unfortunately. And I'll say to them, what happens if you don't pass yeah. it? Is this guy going to fall in? No, it's not. Mm. Am I going to get cross? No, I'm not. Yeah. There are far worse things in life than getting... To add two equals four. Correct. Yeah. Seriously, are. And, you know, so as we're recording this, my kids have been doing NAPLAN this week and last week. And, um, you know, sort of saying to them, do you know when the last time was? So I interview a lot of people for different roles within the health service. And probably last year I would have interviewed about 100 people. So it's, you know, it's quite a lot. And I said to my kids, do you know when the last time was that I asked someone how they did in year three NAPLAN? Or do you know when the last time was that I interviewed somebody and asked them how they did in year nine maths? Or um, actually, do you know when the last time was that I sat in an interview with someone who is a qualified psychologist and said, tell me about the units that you failed? (laughs) Because the reality is P's get degrees. Yeah. So you just need to pass. You don't need to be coming in with high distinctions. It's all nice and everything. But P's get degrees. You just need to pass and that's all you need. Mm. So if you get high distinctions, awesome. But at the same time, we're just looking for the piece of paper. Yeah. So 
yes, sometimes you may think that you know all about the Battle of Hastings and you did, you know, you, history that you did when you were 13 years old and you don't need to study that, but it turns out actually perhaps you did need to <laughs> study that. <laughs> um, and you might have to repeat a history unit. But so what? I failed a unit, as you've just said. Yeah. I failed history <laughs> because I thought I knew it. Yeah. And I didn't. Yeah, that's and it. So I did tell that one again because it was an elective. <laughs> I failed it. Yeah, pass it on. And then, so <laughs> when I did my um, my undergrad degree, and this is something that I tell my kids as well, all of my electives, I picked fun stuff. Oh, you did? I did. <laughs> so <laughs> my undergrad was, uh, my major was in psychology. My minor was in addiction studies. And then my electives were in beverage appreciation. Mm. So, nine o'clock on a Friday morning, I was at the Hyatt in the city drinking cocktails and then I had to stumble through the city to the train and try and stay awake long enough to get to Joondalup, which often didn't happen. I'd hear ping, doors closing. I was pulling out of Joondalup to go back to, towards the city, try and jump off. And then I had to try and sit and stay awake during a biostats exam um, session. So, I got 98% on beverage appreciation and 51% on biostats. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, when you pick topics that excite you and light you up you're gonna do better so yeah. don't pick the topics that you think are uh, don't pick the topics that you think you should pick because oh well people are going to you know what a, what a future employer is going to think if they see my um you know my transcript and see that i've got beverage appreciation <laughs> on there i tell you what every single person who's seen my transcript and seen beverage appreciation on there's gone Oh, I wish they had did that when I was at uni. <laughs> we just called that going to the pub. <laughs> so, yeah. But that's it. So when you've got electives, you can choose the fun ones. Yeah, definitely. Mm. And as you said, there are a lot more fun ones now <laughs> than there were. I don't know if they still do that one. I'm sure uh, they can't. I don't know. <laughs> they they opened a microbrewery, but I don't know whether or not they do do that anymore. <laughs> they should. It was a good subject, good couple of subjects there. Yeah, it was for a girl that never drank. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't help with the bias unit, that's for sure. Um, yeah, so I think there's ways that you can reduce some of those stress and there's mm. ways that you can make things easier. And yeah, when you pick topics that light you up, yeah. it certainly makes it a lot easier to learn and a lot easier to remember and a lot easier to actually study it. Yeah, and summer school. To, yeah. I found that doing my electives in summer school was a big help yeah yeah but nobody told me about it the first year mm. otherwise i'd been two units ahead of it yeah <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's it so, yeah we so get to do intensives yes mm. yeah and again I, I was looking at that your dad was was a shift worker yeah. and i could work it around those shifts i don't know we sat yeah. in the back of a lecture hall a couple of times yeah. but that's the thing as well yeah. people do do that yeah you know and now it you know certainly a few of the different unis they've got creches available so mm. if you've got young children you can go and access a creche if you've got you know you're trying to work around your kids schooling you can access online learning which yeah. you can watch you know at your own pace when it suits you probably not at your own pace you still got to do it in the semester yeah. but it doesn't have to be two o'clock on a tuesday no that's it so that if something happens on tuesday you know that you can do it the next day or the day yeah. after yeah 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 just I suppose being organised, and I'm, I'm the least organised person that there is. Yeah. Really. So, but I got around it somehow. Mm. So, yeah. And so I guess kind of what I'm thinking is just do it. Definitely. Mm. Yeah, don't stand there thinking, I wish, I wish. Yeah. Yeah. Go out, have a go, 
give it a, a go. And as you say, if if you don't like it within the first few weeks, it's cost you nothing. Yeah. But you've still had that experience and you think, mm. yeah, I can do it. No, I can't. Yeah. Or if you decide to, you know, you decide to study and you do two units, two years of one particular uh, one particular degree and then you go, you know what, well, actually I've just gone and done prac and mm. it turns out this is not the this is not the course for me or this is not the area that I would need to be studying. You can get recognition of prior learning yeah. or use them as electives in different like nothing's wasted. No. And the education and information that you've learned, you've got that for life. No one can take that away from you just because you don't get the degree at the end of it. Mm, exactly right. Exactly right, yes. Hmm. Well said. Fab. So have you got any last thoughts before we finish up? Think um, think we covered everything, don't you? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, just so want to double check. Go for it. <laughs> okay, so I guess what I heard was that it, it turns out that you don't have to be perfect in order to start. Definitely. So um, you know there are people who are at the you know the top profession or heading towards the top of their profession. They're probably suffering from imposter syndrome as well. Or actually, they might not be able to spell or add up. <laughs> That's okay. So, you know, I think we we often, and particularly now, it wasn't such a thing then, but particularly now, we have this idea around where we're trying to compare our reality with the shiny polished version that we see on Facebook and Instagram of mm. other people's lives. Yeah. And yet then, so you're kind of going, well, I don't match up. And then you see a principal spelled dolphin with an F. Mm. And it turns out maybe if he can do it, you can do it too. Definitely. So, yeah, you don't have to be perfect. You just have to start. Yeah, give it a go. Mm. Take that first step. And you'll, you, you might find out it's not as hard as you thought it was. Yeah. And if it does get a little bit hard, keep going. That's Or take a break. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and I think that the hard part can be, well, it's all well and good saying, take that first step. But what is the first step? So, for you... What would be your first step? So if you were going to go back to uni now, what would you do as a first step? When I, when I went to uni, there was only one step I could take. Mm-hmm. Murdoch was the only university that did external studies. How did you find that out though? I rang around the universities. So that's your asked. first step? Yeah. Ring and so ask. And yeah, as you say, it's still the same thing that I do now. Yeah. Because there are people at the universities or there are people at the TAFEs, there are people, you know, in... There are people who are there who are actually there to help you. Yes. So pick up the phone, call the, um, was it, for, what is, oh, something like student services or yes, um, prospective students, service. that's the there word I was go. looking yeah. for. Call the prospective students information line. There's normally one in every school. But if you don't know, just call the university. They should know what their school offers mm. and they'll put you in contact with people who yeah. will be able to answer those questions and tell you how you can start or what you need to start. And what those first steps are. The university need need students to mm-hmm. keep going, particularly at the moment because so. they don't have their international students no. coming. So oh, that's true. <laughs> Now's a really good time. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's the best thing to do. Go, go have a walk round. Mm. See what you think. Yeah. Look at the canteen. The canteen. I like the canteen. <laughs> now they have really restaurants. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. actually. So that is a good thing. So I think we should be coming up to second semester orientation or, you know, it is a really good time to go and walk around and see what the schools have mm. to offer and see what the you know, see what the vibe's like, really. Yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. It, it, is it somewhere that you can feel comfortable? Mm. Do you stand out as being the only person that's over 16, 17? <laughs> <laughs> you will be amazed at how many older people are at university. And they're students. They're, they're not students. just the teachers. No. Often the lecturers are younger. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> they certainly are lots younger yeah. than you. And yeah, and they don't look down at you either. Yeah. You know, without you, they don't have a job. And they, they're passionate about it. They yeah. want to share this information with you. They, they'll honestly. I talk to university lecturers, and it's trying to shut them up. That's the problem, because <laughs> they're so excited about it. Yeah. And there's somebody yeah. who wants to listen to me. They're gonna run with that. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely. I think that's your first thing. Don't don't come up with reasons why you can't do it. Think about reasons that you can do it, and pick up the phone. Make that first phone call. You don't even have to pick up the phone. You can try googling if you can make your way through a university website, though. Honestly, I take my hat off to you. I've given in. But pick up the phone (laughs) or try going for a search through it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Fab, thank you so much for joining me today and being part of this. I know that you're not necessarily a huge fan of talking about yourself or recording anything. So I appreciate that you've stepped out of your comfort zone to share your experiences of what it was like going back to uni and um, changing careers and doing all that while juggling a family and... Uh, and your career and a husband and household and all of those kinds of things and doing it with limited social supports. Um, So I really appreciate you um, spending this time with me today. You are most welcome. Being with you is always fun. (laughs) Thanks. Thanks so much. for joining me for today's episode of a hidden world of women a podcast brought to you by women's health and well-being services for more information on the services we offer head to whws.org.au or women's health and well-being services on youtube and social media looking forward to the next episode where we uncover the hidden world of women